Welcome into the most electrifying podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Grant Mitchell. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is a wonderful Friday episode of Ride the Line. I'm flying solo today. My co-host, Tanner Kern, can't make it to another recording. This is twice now, Tanner. We left you off the hook the first time. This is twice now. We're going to have to have some words off camera. Of course, I'm only joking. Now, Tanner is always busy. He's got a ton of work lined up in front of him, and I can't hate on the kid. That's my partner. Wish him the best. We look forward to Tanner rejoining us next week on Monday's episode. But for this Friday, I am going to be all alone. But never fret, never worry. I am still here to give you my favorite plays in the sports betting world because that's what we do on Ride the Line. The people don't want the picks. The people need the picks. And even if Tanner can't deliver today, I'll tell you what, the other half of Ride the Line will. And on the days where this half of Ride the Line can't make it, Tanner will cover our backs. And not only are we covering our own backs, we're covering on the sports books. We're covering your pockets. We're doing everything we can because we have been making money consistently on this show. We both got winning records. Tanner is well over 60%. I've got big shoes to fill for him in that respect. But I tell you what, I've got some games lined up that I think will do just the trick. Of course, we are coming out of the MLB All-Star break. What did you guys do? Did you guys enjoy the All-Star game? You know, I was reading I was reading either yesterday or the day before that it was the lowest televised or lowest views lowest viewed televised MLB All-Star game in the last few years. Excuse me there. Words are hard sometimes. I don't necessarily think the MLB All-Star game as much as I do love the Home Run Derby. I feel like the Home Run Derby is the best event in all-star sporting events right now. But I don't think the MLB All-Star Game is really that good of a product. I mean, All-Star Games to begin with aren't that great. Of course, the NFL with the Pro Bowl basically just had to scrap the whole thing. Uh, NHL All-Star Events, who watches those? MLB All-Star Weekend, uh, it's it's all right. I guess the NBA, they don't, the players don't really try anymore. Of course, I do like the implementation of the new ending where you have to get the certain amount of points. I forget what the name of that is called. But, of course, when the fourth quarter hits, it's the first to score 24 points from where the winning team is. I do like that sort of setup. But when it comes to MLB, you know the pitchers are just going to hit one inning. Sometimes the batters, you know, they, they aren't necessarily trying their best. Luis Robert Jr., for example, didn't even really try to play because he felt, said he felt calf tightness during the home run derby. I feel like it's definitely a product that can be improved. Do I have the answers on how to do that? No, I don't. So I will be interested to see what the change is going to be because I think we've seen in recent years that the MLB wants to make changes to keep up with the television audience and specifically with the younger audience because if you don't have younger fans, if you don't have fans for tomorrow, you basically don't have fans for today. But hey yo. That's where we're at right now, and this is Ride the Line, guys. We are going to dive into my three favorite picks of the Friday MLB schedule now that the MLB is back. But before we jump into the video, of course, as per usual, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel, guys. We are here three times a week, and we are constantly putting out more content on social media platforms. We're engaging with you guys in the comments. If you can't hit the subscribe button, I don't know what to tell you. And if Tanner was here, he would tell you exactly the same thing. It's hitting the subscribe button. It's not rocket science. Just press that little red button. Like the video if you do. Enjoy it. Comment when we get to the end of this. Let us know because we're always interested. Let us know what your favorite betting picks are. And before we do jump into this first pick, I also just want to say, what is your guys more like I want to ask? 
What is your guys' approach to betting on games when you're sort of coming out of breaks? You know, feel like it's the same sort of situation that you're in and close to the start of the season in some respects. For me personally, I don't necessarily go with the same unit size when we're, again, we're coming off of breaks because teams that had momentum, obviously that's been killed. Teams that were lifeless, all of a sudden, now they feel like they've been reborn. They've got a second wind about them. Also, just the mentality of teams, you don't know what it's going to be like. Certain players, maybe they were banged up playing with injuries that you didn't realize before. They've had four or five days off. Now they're going to come back feeling refreshed and rejuvenated. They play above the level they were before the break started. There's a lot of different factors going on. But with all of that being said, it is time for my first pick of this Friday. I'm going with the Colorado Rockies plus one and a half versus the New York Yankees. What I love the most about the pick is that at the time that I'm recording this, you can get the plus one and a half for about plus 125. So we are getting an underdog run line for positive odds. That is great value. That is great value. On the mound for the Yankees, it's Carlos Rodon, 0-1 with a 3.38 ERA and a 115 whip. He's going against Austin Gomber of the Colorado Rockies, who is 7-7 with a 6.40 ERA and a 151 whip. Now let's touch on Gomber first. You guys will know that if you are longtime subscribers to this channel, I don't necessarily love judging Rockies pitchers by their numbers because it's not totally fair to look at them at their and take it at their face value. Because as we all know, the Rockies play at elevation. They play at Coors Field. The ball flies further. There are a lot more home runs. There are more runs scored. So the ERA and the whip to an extent are a little bit inflated. Now, with that being said, Gomber weirdly is more comfortable at home than he is on the road. So I don't necessarily know what that means his ERA would look like if he played in another destination. But what I know is that he's actually been all right at home. Again, 7-7 seven and seven for a starting pitcher for the Rockies, a Rockies team that's close to 20 games under 500. You'll definitely take that. Now, Rodon. Rodon made his first appearance back in the major leagues, coming back from assignment uh, last week, the week uh, a few days before the All-Star break. And he was good, of course. The 338 ERA, the 115 whip will tell you that. And Rodon has been solid in recent seasons. Now, he was very much not solid. He was whatever the opposite of that is. I guess liquid, but that doesn't have the same ring to it. That's not the metaphor I'm looking for. He was not that great to start his career, of course. Last few seasons have been good. The Yankees needed a big a mental refresher, a, a big realignment of their mentality and hopefully if you're a Yankees fan the all-star break did provide that but still I'm coming out of it on the other side of it I still need to see that put into action before I can fully buy into these guys because the Yankees as we all know as we have talked about repeatedly ever since Aaron Judge went out of the lineup the offense was just lifeless there wasn't a whole lot that they had to offer and it was very evident as far as the scoring rank their home run totals, their batting average, their on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, all of it said that they were struggling mightily without Judge in the lineup. Now, Yankees fans, you may have received some good news because according to Aaron Boone's brother, he heard a rumor that Judge will be coming back very soon after the All-Star break. And guess what? It's after the All-Star break. So maybe Aaron Judge is on his way back to the lineup. Who knows? Now, Judge himself did seem to cop to the fact that he might be willing to return even with those torn ligaments in his toe and that it's a problem that might take several years to recover from. That seems a little morbid and extreme, but he is willing to come back and play with pain. 
But anyway, I've rambled on about that too much because Judge will not be in the lineup today. And with that being the fact, as we all know, the Yankees struggled to hit the ball. They struggled to create offense. The reason that I like the Rockies in this spot is the game is at altitude. And while that can maybe bring more life out of the Yankees, the Yankees team and Yankees batters we haven't seen the best from lately, it still favors more offensive teams. And believe it or not, at this point, the Rockies are more of an offensive threat than the Yankees are, especially at their home field. Now, I'm not saying the Rockies are a juggernaut at home, but they're 20 and 24 there, and that's certainly a lot better than their record comparatively on the road. Yankees are 21 and 19 on the road, and of course, they have been a lot worse again without Judge. I believe they were 35 and 25 with Judge in the lineup and 14 and 16 without him. I'm pulling those numbers out of my head from before the All-Star break, so don't quote me on it, but I know it's right about in that neighborhood. The Yankees have been disappointing recently going into the All-Star break, of course. I don't necessarily trust them to, again, get their get their wits back about them coming out on the other side because this Yankees team, what we've seen from them over the past couple of seasons is that in those games they should win, the spots they should win, even the games they need to win, they find ways simply to not. So we're not going to trust the Yankees here. We are going to go with the Rockies plus one and a half for the first pick of the show. Our second pick, we are going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies on the money line versus the San Diego Padres. This is a very interesting matchup, and it's headlined by the pitching showdown of you, Darvish. Now, Darvish getting up there in age in the later half of his 30s, starting to dwindle down in his career. Darvish, of course, has been a very solid pitcher for the past decade plus, but it's starting to slip away from him. He's only 5-6 and six with a 487 ERA and a 127 whip. The whip isn't terrible, but it's certainly not the best. He is going against Christopher Sanchez, who is 0-2 with a 284 ERA and a 103 whip. That whip very impressive. Darvish has been consistently disappointing all season long. There isn't even a month of baseball where he's been that dominating. Sanchez only has five starts, and he's a third-year player. This is where it gets interesting. Remember I said at the top it's an interesting pick? This is partially why. Sanchez is in his third year, like I said, only had five starts, and he's clearly having the best start of his professional career, the best start to his professional career. He also wasn't that great in the minor leagues, which makes me really wonder, is this the breakout season? Is this Christopher Sanchez ascending into a new tier? How long can he sustain it? Or will there be regression to the mean? And again, like I was talking about earlier, we're coming out of the All-Star break. Did he lose some of the momentum that he had? I'm not totally sure. And I'm not totally sure how the Phillies are going to be affected. They were playing excellent baseball going into the break. They were on a stretch of 22 wins, 9 losses. So simple math, 22 wins from 31. Really good rate there. That's about what? That's about a 60% win rate somewhere around there. You would definitely take that. The Padres themselves, they had won 5 of 6 going into the All-Star break. The reason that I do like the Phillies is if we take away the momentum of these teams, we have seen 22 wins in 31. That's a large enough sample size to say, okay, the Phillies are playing good baseball. Five out of six, that's very much a momentum-based, streaky sort of type of team. And we know how disappointing the Padres have been. If you look back at the World Series future odds from the preseason in the National League, you had the Braves, you had the Dodgers, and then you had the Padres right there. You had the Padres. They were supposed to be that team challenging for the World Series. Not the Phillies, 
not the Cincinnati Reds, for God's sake. It was supposed to be the Padres. Now, the Padres' offense did really get going over the last month of baseball. But again, how much of that is momentum and how much of that is them being an actual good team? The teams were also about even in batting average. And I'll tell you what, if they're about even in batting average, that means they're consistently getting on base at the same rate, obviously. And it means they're giving themselves opportunities. And when it comes to giving yourself opportunities, that's all you can ask for. It's a lot like volume with fantasy football. Maybe the final result isn't always in there, but if you're putting yourself in position to succeed that's what matters and that's what the Phillies have been able to do the Padres have been hitting more home runs or at least they were hitting more home runs over the last month of baseball but the teams are just about even over the course of the entire season the Phillies are 22 and 16 at home the Padres are 18 and 24 on the road because the Phillies have shown more of a sustained great level of play maybe not great but good level of play sustained ability to win games we're going to take them with our second pick of the show. And that leads us to our final pick. But before I give it to you guys, make sure that you are locked in. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Hit that button. And let's do this. Let's get to the final pick. We're going with the Red Sox money line against the Chicago Cubs. It's Brian Bello for the Sox. It's Brian Bello day, 6-5 and five with a 3.04 ERA and a 119 whip. If Tanner was here, he would have some words for Bello because he bet his over on strikeouts. I believe it was four and a half. Bello went seven innings and only had three strikeouts. That was one of Tanner's picks a few shows ago. Bello is going against Kyle Hendricks, who's been really good this season, three and three. 304 ERA and a 103 whip. So two very solid whips, and both guys obviously have the 304 ERA. Now, Bello has been fantastic aside from opening day. Aside from opening day, he went 2.2 innings, I believe, and gave up uh, something like five runs. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was just horrendous. But what wasn't horrendous was the Boston Red Sox going into the All-Star break. They won eight of nine. And if you look at the offensive numbers from the first half of the season, the Red Sox have been really good. I mean, they're better. They're better than the Cubs coming out of the bullpen. They don't hit a ton of home runs, but they are sixth in scoring, which is way ahead of the Cubs. They also have a better on-base percentage and OPS. This Sox team, I know that they're very up and down and they can be streaky. I know that for a while, Adam Duvall was their best offensive player. But these guys, they, they consistently produce, and they are flying under the radar because of the dominance of the Tampa Bay Rays, because of the potential and also the brand of the New York Yankees. They're flying under the radar against the Toronto Blue Jays team that has been disappointing as well. This Boston Red Sox team, they're not out of the wild card hunt. No, they can still make a push with Devers and all those other guys they got out there. Masataki Yoshida making a huge impact for this team. They can be really good, and today... I'm looking to them to be really good. Red Sox money line versus the Chicago Cubs. Like I said, that is my third and final pick of the show. And one last note here, Dansby Swanson is injured. Might not play for the Cubs. If he does, he will most likely be limited. So we are definitely going to lock up the Boston Red Sox. And I hope that you all have locked up your picks. And let me know, comment, what are those picks? We are always eager and interested to see what they are. But guys, that's going to do it for today's show of Ride the Line. If you make it to the end of this video, like the video, show that you subscribe that you supported us. Subscribe to the channel, and we will be back very soon with the next episode of Ride the Line. Thank you so much, and enjoy your weekend.